Hello friends and welcome to Messages of Revival Podcast. This is Basil Howard Brown. I'm a revivalist and have been traveling around the world with my wife Anne for the past 27 years, seeing God's people being set free by His Word and by the anointing. The title of this podcast is Anointed to Bless. You and I are anointed by God to bless others, and as we are a blessing to others, so we are blessed too. Expect God's touch as you listen to this message. Now, let's go here in Acts chapter 3. And verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, whom they carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. See, there's an expectation that we should be living in continually. Always expecting from our Heavenly Father. I never come to church without an expectation. I don't show up on a Sunday morning just going, okay, well, we're just going to go through the motions. We're just going to show up at church, go through the motions. No, I show up with an expectation. I'm expecting something from my Heavenly Father today. And I come in and I want to worship Him and I want to glorify His name and I want to exalt Him. But in the same breath, I have this expectation. I live with an expectation. I live, I'm expecting God to do something every day, every moment of the day. I live with an expectation. Because when I'm expecting, then something is going to happen. If I live a life for God and I'm never expecting a miracle, I never expect the anointing, listen, it's never going to flow. And I'm never going to see the miracle. But as long as I'm living with that expectation, trusting God with every fiber of my being, this man looked on them expecting to receive something of them. I expect God to do something here tonight. I'm in expectation. Why? Because I'm hungry, because I'm thirsty, and because I'm desperate. I never ever want to get to the place where I can look at what God's done and go, you know what? Being there, done that, seen that. Oh, that joy stuff, my God, we've, we've seen that so many times. Let me tell you what, when I see joy break out in people, I think to myself, what a miracle. What a miracle. And first of all, you don't know what those people are going through. They might have been through hell. They might still be in hell. And suddenly joy starts breaking out, and suddenly God starts giving them a miracle. Who are we to judge because we look on the outside of people, but God looks on the inside? And I've had people say, look, we've, we, you know, they'll ask me, do you still have joy in the meeting? I'll go, yeah. You know, don't you? I've had people say, well, no, we don't. We, we've moved on from the joy. I'm like, well, fantastic. God kept me in the joy, but you moved on. So then I always ask him, so what have you moved on to? They can't tell you but they will tell you that they've moved on. And I'm like, hmm, I can see you've moved on because you have no more joy. 
Hello. Why would we want to move on from the joy? First of all, the joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So it's always good to have the fruit of the Spirit evident in your life. And you can't say, look, I've got joy. And you don't look like you actually have it. Hello. And then the joy of the Lord is our strength. Why would we want to move away from strength? And the Bible says, laughter is like a medicine. Why would, we want, why would we want to move away from some medication? Well, praise God, brother. You know, we, we're just moving into the deeper things of God. Really? So there's deeper things of God. And so when you move into the deeper things of God, He takes away joy. Enough joy on the church. I'm going to take you deeper. But if you go deeper, you will have no joy. I just don't see God saying that. Hello. I just don't see God saying that. How much joy do you get out there in the world? You can't turn on television and get joy. Because when you turn on the television, most of it is just a bunch of heathen. Hollywood doesn't give us joy. Hollywood don't even know what joy is. Hollywood have never met joy. The greatest comedian out there has no clue what joy is. Oh, they make you laugh a little bit, but they have no clue what joy is. So where are you going to go to get joy if you don't come to church? Come on now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. See, listen to this carefully. You can, you can lose your joy like that. And a lot of people do. I don't. We don't. We just keep on pressing in. And, and you know, we, we have some difficult times, but we always come out the other side victorious. I mean, sometimes it's a challenge, but we never lose it. It's a choice. Woe is me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go out in the garden and eat worms. Well, you're going by yourself. Nobody's coming with you. You're going to eat worms by yourself. I mean, if you invite people to a party, don't you want the party upbeat and up-tempo and everybody excited and bubbly and happy, huh? Isn't it amazing how many people go out to Christmas parties now over this season and, and, and they think they have to have alcohol uh, to get happy. Isn't that amazing? And we just come to church and have Holy Ghost wine. And it's free. It's on the house. We can drink as much as we want. Tomorrow we don't have a hangover. Isn't it crazy how adverse Christians are to joy and, and drinking all the new wine of the Holy Spirit in church? but they'll head off to a party somewhere with their company and they'll go do some stuff they shouldn't do. Amen. Hello. Gee, I don't know where I'm going with this. Definitely wasn't in my notes. Oh, I don't have any notes. Sorry. <laughs> you know, listen, we're either going to live a life for God or we're not. Why be lukewarm? Why be lukewarm? Being lukewarm never, will never bring a miracle in your life. Being lukewarm for God will never bring a breakthrough, and you'll never see the blessing of God in your family and your children. But being on fire for God, God takes care of everything. Because you serve God with every fiber of your being. Amen. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something on. Now listen to this verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. What is he talking about? 
He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. What's he talking about? He's talking about the anointing of God. You know, we might stand in front of him and say, you know, silver and gold have I. But I'm going to give you something more valuable than silver and gold. I'm going to give you the anointing that's going to destroy the yoke of bondage in your life and set you completely free so that you don't have to be sitting at the gate begging, but you can be healed, be whole, and be free. And that's what they're talking about. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What are they doing? They were releasing the anointing that God had put on the inside of them. They were releasing that anointing that fell upon them on the day of Pentecost. They were releasing that anointing into him. And he was expecting to receive, and he did. You see, as somebody comes in a line with an expectation of a touch of heaven, so when I'm praying for people, I'm also expecting from heaven the anointing to flow through me to touch them. So here's two people with their faith get together with their faith. And when you get people to get together with their faith on any one thing, there's no telling what God can do. You can pray for people anywhere. Anywhere. That anointing of God will flow anywhere. When you go on the streets and go win the lost, great, great opportunity. Great opportunity to see people get healed, to see them get delivered, to see them get set free. Great, great opportunity. Lead them to the Lord and say, now, is there something I can pray with you for? Boy, and you lay your hands on those people, let the anointing, have an expectation of the anointing flowing into them, and I'm telling you right now, they'll receive right on the street. They'll have a touch of heaven right on the street. You might have to hold them up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The Bible goes on to say, and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Why? Because they had something in their hands to give. It's not theirs. The anointing that we carry is not ours. The anointing that we carry doesn't elevate us to another level. We're just the vessel. It's God's anointing. It's God's anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage and sets the captive free. God's anointing. Not ours. We're just the carrier. We're just the vessel. And I can tell you right now, when you get a revelation of that, it takes a lot of pressure off you. Because you realize, hey, I'm not the healer. Or I can't do anything for you, but I know somebody that can. I just do what the Bible tells me to do. And, and the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so we just lay hands on the sick. And, and we thank God for those instant miracles. But we also thank God for the anointing that goes in. And there comes a recovery. Are oh, you listening to me? Why God does instant miracles and then sometimes recovery, I have no clue. I just want instant miracles. That's all I'm interested in. But sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. But sometimes there's a, there's a lesson that we are learning through that. Are you listening to me? I remember one year my daughter got attacked by the enemy. She had a terrible pain in her head. And, you know, we took her to the doctor's. Because we prayed, we prayed over and over and we just, we didn't see a miracle. And you know, we, we've always been this way. We, we first pray for our kids. If we don't see results, then we need to take them to a doctor. That's the way we've, we've operated. Are oh, you listening to me? So, so we took my daughter to a doctor and the doctor checked her out and said, 
we, we can't find anything wrong with her. So then the doctor pulls my wife and I over into a side office and says, uh, you know, well, maybe she's just doing this for attention. Look, I'm, 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 I want to come over that desk and show the doctor some attention myself. Are you listening to me? I mean, my kids are homeschooled. They're at home all the time. They're with us all the time. They travel on the road with us all the time. We fly, we drive. We're always together in hotels all over. I mean, attention, really? But he had no way of explaining what was going on, so he thought he'd just pick on us, you know. And while he's busy giving us this little speech, you know, I got up and went back into the room there. I felt I needed to go do that, and, and, and I saw my daughter, she's in, the, in pain, so I called the doctor. I said, come over here. Is that, is that attention? So he goes in there and gets another doctor in there, and they look at her, and they still have no clue, and so we take her back home, and and, uh, you know, and she wasn't in the pain all the time, but it was pain would come and go. Well, about a day later, I was in my office, and she walked in and said, Daddy, Daddy, I've got this terrible pain. I can't take it anymore, you know. So I took her, and I held her like this to me, and I started praying. And as I started praying, something happened in her. And she looked and went, wow, the pain is gone. And I said, okay, I understand exactly what's going on. And I went to my wife and said, I know exactly how we should pray. So we called the, 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 the elders and, 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 the, and the, you know, the leaders of our church together, and I got my dad and mom on the phone. They were down in Tampa. We were in St. Louis, and I, we had a Holy Ghost hoedown. But we took authority over that thing that night, and let me tell you what, we, we bust that thing in the head. And my daughter that night got totally set free by the power of Almighty God. I found this out from other people. They said this. They said other people that have moved to St. Louis to start a church, pastors that have come in and pioneered a church and started the church, their family was always attacked to a point where some of those people that came to start churches actually left the city and went away. But we didn't. So that night, my dad even said, he said, man, he said, it's like I was listening to, you know, the day of Pentecost. He said, the fire of God's falling on us in the house in Tampa. And he said, it's like I'm listening to the day of Pentecost. I mean, it was great. Listen, my daughter, the fire of God hit my daughter. She couldn't even open her hands. I said, honey, jump up and go lay hands on the pastors at a year. She's laying hands on everybody, power of God falling all on them. She came over, lay hands on my wife and I and said, God, I pray. And she's, how old was she? eight or nine years old. She's like laying hands on, on Anne and myself going, Father, I pray that this fire that's on me come on, on my mama and daddy. I'm telling you, we just, it was a great time. Now, 24 hours later, I'm sitting in the living room. My daughter comes and gets in my lap and she said, Dad, she, that pain is back. And I said to her, I said, you know what you have to do? You have to go back into your room. I said, last night we had a victory. I said, you have to go back into your room and you have to stand on the word. You, I can't do it for you anymore. You have to stand on the word and you have to command this thing to go. And I'm telling you right now, when you do, it'll go and it'll never come back. And she said, okay. She went to her room, closed the door. 15 minutes later, she came out. She said, whew. She said, pain's all gone. Let me tell you what, she never experienced it ever again. Never again. Never again. Oh, I felt that. My God, I felt that. 
You know, when, when your kids are going through things, you know, there's things that, that we as parents, I mean, we'll, we'll just press in a whole lot harder. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage and sets the captive free. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage and sets the captive free. And every one of us in the house here tonight, you're anointed. And if you're not, then you get your blessed assurance down in line tonight and you'll receive a download from heaven. Become a carrier of the glory, become a carrier of the presence, and become a carrier of the power of God. Let me tell you what, I, I don't, and I never do this, I don't want to preach a message that keeps you in your comfort zone. I want to preach a message that stirs you up, that gets you going for the things of God, that gets you hungry, gets you thirsty, gets you pressing in for more of Him. Because I know that when you do that, that's where the miracle comes. That's where the anointing of God is. That's where your breakthrough comes. The breakthrough come, doesn't come by sitting in the boat. It comes by getting out and walking on the water, trusting God with every fiber of your being. And understand something. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. What if I lay hands on somebody tonight that needs a miracle in their body and they, and they don't get healed? Next. Why? Because I'm not the healer. I'm just going to do what God's Word says. That's all I'm going to do. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And sometimes people put the pressure on the minister to perform. We, we don't have an organ. Well, we have an organ, yeah, but it, it's not one of those that you crank and then a little monkey bounces up and down in front of it. Are oh, you listening to me? I had a guy stop me in a meeting one night. I was on the way in to go preach, and he stopped me. He said, God said, you've got a word for me. You know, when people say that, I just look at them and go, okay. I don't try to get one. Oh, you listen to me. I don't try to go, hold on, hold on. Oh, what's the word? God, oh God, give me a word, please, Jesus. I've got to give. He, he, you said I've got a word for him. What's the word? I don't even, I go, okay, hey, you know what? When God gives me the word, I'll give it to you. So walking out of that meeting that night, guess who's standing right in the middle aisle? And he's like this. You know, like, I can't get through past this guy. So I took my Bible and my notes and put it down on the chair. I went up to him, he's standing there. I said, you know what, you're right. God has got a word for you. It's have a drink. I said, hang on, hang on. I think I'm getting another word. Hang on. It's have another drink. I laid hands on him. Power God knocked him on the floor. I picked up my stuff. I stepped over him and walked out the building. That was the word. Hello. I mean, look, if God gives me a word for you, I'll give it to you. I probably have already. Didn't even know about it. Because I didn't start with it by saying, yay, hitherto has, you know, hitherto have not said yay, but yay. I think he's giving a word. Now, so look, we're not under any pressure. I've listened to some words that people give, and I go, my God. I've listened to men saying, tonight, tonight, you come back to the men tonight, I'm going to give everybody a word. It's like, wow, everybody? 
What if I bring the cable guy with me? You got a word for the cable guy? And then he stands in front of a woman and goes, Yea, the Lord would say, Thou art a mighty woman of God. Well, okay. I know she's born again. I can see she's a woman. I mean, I can line up ten women here and go, Mighty woman of God, mighty woman of God, mighty woman of God, mighty woman of God. There's the word. Listen, we're not, we're not making it out to be something that it's not. We're not making out what God's doing to be something that it's not. It is. It is. And the bottom line is this. God's doing it himself. And he doesn't need your help. He just needs your obedience. I remember back in the 90s, and we were in a church... And I got up to take them to the pulpit. And the, listen, the power of God was all over the house. I'm talking about people who were so drunk in the Holy Ghost that, I mean, it, it, I don't even know why I took the podium because nobody was even paying attention. I mean, the glory of God was all people were on the floor, drunk in the Holy Ghost, falling out of the pews. I got up to the pulpit and, and took the microphone and the pastor of the church stepped up, took the microphone from me and he said this. He said, he said Basil, what has God done for you? Now, you see, that's what we used to do back in the 90s, 93. My brother would say, hey, Bowser, come up here, tell the people what God's done for you. And then, of course, you know, I couldn't speak. And, you know, we were, 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 were. And that was about my testimony. Hello. And a lot of people broke through. and they, they, You know, God used that stuff. I mean, sometimes I wonder why, but he did. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. So I was just probably foolish in 93 for God. That's what it was. But so he stepped up and he tried to, he tried to mimic this whole thing. And you know what? When he did that, I mean, I'm talking about immediately. It's like the whole church sobered up. It shocked me. I mean, I took the microphone from him and, and, and immediately I began to repent. It's like the anointing was just out of the building like this, and everybody kind of sat up in their seat like, hey, what happened, you know? It freaked me out. It freaked me out. And I repented. I said, God, please forgive me. Holy Spirit, please forgive us if we have grieved you in any way. That is not what we're going to do. That's not what we will ever do. Uh, please forgive us. And when I said that, I felt the anointing come back, surge back into the meeting. Now, it wasn't like it was, but it was there, and we had a great meeting, and God moved. And after the meeting, I went and said to the pastor, I said, I said, why did you do that? He goes, well, I was, just, I was just helping God. I looked at him and said, God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need your help. I said, what more did you want the people to do? Swing from the chandeliers? Run so fast and put a hole in the wall? I mean, what did you want the people to do? They were already out of it. God was already moving in a powerful way and you stepped up and the moment you did, everything just died. See, listen to me carefully. There's no place for our flesh and the move of God mixed together. They don't go together. That's why we say, God, whatever you want to do in the meeting, Holy Spirit, you welcome to come and do whatever you want to do. It's not what I want to do. Hello. It's what he wants to do. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's what God wants to do through you. 
First of all, what He wants to do in you, and then what He wants to do through you. All we become is a vessel or a container and a carrier of the anointing. And when we are that, then we have something in our hands. And we give it away. We give it away. We give that anointing away. That's all we do when we show up in the meeting. We just give what God's given us. We give it away. I can't give you what I don't have. That's why I keep going back to, you know, I've studied revival over the years. And the people that are still involved and are pressing into the things of God with, with revival, listen, are people that were touched by the fire. There's something about the fire of God. I've seen people come in and they get drunk in the Holy Ghost and they fall on the floor and they, they roll around and they get full of joy, but they never get the fire. And some of those folks will be like that for a month or two or three or maybe a year and then they'll start fading away. But I can tell you right now, the ones that got hit by the fire of God, there's just no way. There's just no way. I told that cable guy today, I said, when you experience and have an encounter with God, You'll never, ever look anywhere else. There's nowhere else you can ever be satisfied, and you won't want to look anywhere else. Where do we go to get joy? Right here in church. Where do we go to get healed? Right here in church. I don't need to stand in front of somebody and have a, con a communication and a big discussion with a, de with a demon. Come out in the name of Jesus. That's it. We're done. Discussion over. Hello. Don't need to know your name and don't need to know how long you've been there. Don't need to spend three hours hanging out with you. Hello. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So when I decree and declare the name of Jesus, all heaven stands to attention. Because there's power that's been invested in the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus has been given to us as believers to use. Why, why do you think people use the name of Jesus and blaspheme? Why do you think they do that? You never hear anybody, you know, knocking a nail in and they hit their finger, and they go, Hare Krishna, that was, oh my. Muhammad! Because <laughs> you know why? They're all dead. But they use the name of Jesus and blaspheme the name of Jesus because he's the only one that's alive. Our Jesus, our Jesus, our Savior, he's alive. Living on the inside of us. Any other religion out there, if Jesus ain't involved, it's false. And I don't care what other people think. They can think whatever they want to. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not accountable to people. I'm accountable to Jesus. I have to give an account to Jesus. I have to tell my Lord and Savior what I did with what He gave me down here on this earth. And if I run around compromising and, you know, trying to please everybody, then I'm not pleasing Him. I want to hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, into the, into the joy of the Lord. I want to hear that one day. Let me close with this. It takes a hunger, it takes a thirst, 
It takes a desperation. You have to forget about the day. You can't come in carrying the day and then want God to do something. Just forget about the day. Say, Lord, this is between you and me. This is you and me tonight. I have to have a download from heaven. I have to have a touch of God. I have to have a life-changing experience. And I'm placing a demand upon the anointing. I have an expectation of the touch of heaven. God's not a respecter of persons. And listen, if, if God could keep us in His glory 24-7, He would. But sometimes it's very hard to people keep, keep people in the glory for three hours. What are you going to do if God stick you on the floor tonight and you can't get up? Like you're stuck on the carpet and you can't get up. And maybe you're there for four hours, five hours. Maybe you wake up at three in the morning going, oh my God. Places in semi-darkness. There's a note right next door to you. Just lock the door when you leave. Don't think God won't do it either. He's done it to me and if he does it to me, he'll do it to you too. Hello. But I go back to those times and tell you what, my life was changed in those times by the power of God. And, and, and I, can, I, I thank God for it. And I, I mean, I could never do, we could never, listen, we could sit a thousand hours in a meeting and listen to teaching and listen to teaching and go to Bible schools and do all the stuff. But it take God two, three hours on the floor and your whole life has changed. What's in your hand? I never ask what's in your wallet. I ask what's in your hands. What do you have to give? These hands that you have are carriers of the anointing. Yes. You do what Jesus did. You minister by the laying on of hands. And you have something to give. And when you give that away, lives are changed and touched by the power of God. And then comes an increase. God gives you an increase. You'll say, I want a double portion of the anointing. What are you doing with what you have? If you're not doing anything with what you've got, then why should God give you more? So you can do more of nothing? Let me close with this. God's raising up an army. We are the army. We are the army that God's raising up. And there are no lesser people in the army. It's just people that will believe God with every fiber of their being and carry whatever God has for them and do whatever God tells them to do and go wherever God tells them to go and be whatever God wants them to be. We've traveled the nation. We've seen many, many, many ministers over the years. And let me tell you what, I don't want to be what they are I want to be just what God wants me to be. I don't look at anybody else's ministry and want what they've got. I only want what God wants for me. Because if I start to look at other people's ministry and I want what they've got, then I start to focus and try to be more like them and I'm not being more like Jesus. So I just want, I just want whatever God wants. Whatever God has for us, that's what he's got for us. And I'm happy with that. Amen. And I'm pressing in for more of what he has for us. Every one of you, God has an anointing on to do something in the body of Christ. And some are going to do something and some are going to do others. And some are going to go shake a whole city for Jesus. Some are going to go shake a whole country for Jesus. Are oh, you listening to me? Something's going to happen. Yes, sir. 
And I've said this over and over and over. If God sent a revival through somebody that's been in our meetings and they go to a city and a revival breaks out, listen, it doesn't even need to come through me as long as it comes. As long as God starts doing something down here on this earth, I'm okay with that. Because we've got to see revival. We've got to see God come and shake this America that we're living in. We have another opportunity at this. Let me tell you what. It's time, folks, that we press in like never before. Time to press in like never before. We have an opportunity. And as evil as the world is, I don't believe that opportunity will be there till Jesus comes. So now's the time to hit it as hard as we can. There are deeper depths, there are higher heights that God wants to take you into. There's things that God wants to reveal to you by the Spirit, by His Spirit. There's things that He wants to teach you and show you. All you have to do is become hungry and become desperate and say, God, whatever it takes, whatever, whatever you need to do, Lord, do in my life. I surrender all to you. I lay it all on the altar. God, if there's anything in my heart that you did not put there, I'm asking you to take it away. Set me free. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to the hurts. Don't hold a grudge against somebody. Forgive them. Bless them. Bless them. Move on with the things of God. Move into deeper things with God. Because He has so much more for you. He has so much more for you. America will be shaken by the power of Almighty God. The church will be shaken by the power of Almighty God. We will be shaken by the power of Almighty God. Because we are not going to rest and we're not going to backtrack until we see the glory of God being made manifest in our midst. There's coming another wave of the glory. There's coming another move of the Spirit of God. Once again, God's going to breathe upon the church. And I can tell you right now, this time around, we need to embrace whatever God is doing like we've never embraced before. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival Podcast. Before I go, let us pray together. Get ready to receive right now. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you that there's no distance between you and me and the listeners. We thank you that the anointing, even right now, Father God, begins to flow like a river, begins to touch the hearts and lives of every person listening to this podcast. I pray right now that out of their belly, the Bible says, will flow rivers of living water. And Father, we know that those rivers of living water is your anointing, different anointings for healing, for joy, for peace, uh, for prosperity, for blessing. Father, we thank you for the touch of heaven the touch of the anointing of God upon each and every listener. I pray that they have a deeper walk with you. I pray that they have a closer walk with you and they walk daily in the anointing, seeing signs and wonders and miracles happening everywhere they go. We thank you for the touch of heaven, even right now. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God's anointing is real. It's tangible. And you can sense it right now. You can feel it right now. So for more messages, subscribe to Messages of Revival podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, and Jesus Pod. And share this with someone that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.